Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're taking you inside the mind of a man. This is How Men Think, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm David Lasher. Uh, I'm very excited to be hosting uh, How Men Think. Um, uh, I'm honored to be here. Uh, you may know me as uh, a longtime actor from shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Blossom, Beverly Hills 90210. And if you were between the ages of 8 and 12 in 1990, you might know the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude which has a surprisingly loyal fan base um, and also feature films like uh, Ridley Scott's White Squall. Um, but more recently, I'm a writer, producer, director, and uh, I'm really happy to be here. I'm going to be answering all your questions and I will try and help you understand how men think uh, if I even understand it myself. Uh, but first... Here is a list of 11 questions. Let's get into it. What are you known for? Tell us about yourself. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, not to repeat myself, but I was an actor for many, many years. I started when I was in high school. Uh, my first show was the Nickelodeon series, Hey Dude, uh, where I played Ted, and it was a lot of like... Uh, uh, physical comedy. Um, my first real network sitcom, uh, aside from pilots and stuff like that, uh, that that was a hit show was called Blossom, where I played uh, uh, Blossom's boyfriend, Vinny, for three seasons. Um, I had a nice little run on Beverly Hills 90210, the original show, playing Kyle. Um, and... Uh, like I said, many uh, TV movies, uh, films like White Squall for Ridley Scott. And uh, uh, more recently, I'm a writer, producer, director. I, I uh, co-wrote and uh, directed a film that's very personal to, personal to me called Sister, 
uh, starring Grace Kaufman and Reed Scott and Barbara Hershey um, that we premiered at Tribeca Film Festival and we sold uh, to the Showtime Networks for two years and is currently on Apple TV. Um, and uh, I like to also be known for being, uh, you know, a, a husband and a dad. I have three kids and uh, I've been married since 1999. Uh, so that ro those roles to me are uh, most important. <clears throat> Who are you in your personal life? My personal life, I, like I said, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a tennis player, I'm a, a hiker, I'm a skier, I'm a very active person. Um, but uh, in my personal life, there's nothing I would rather be doing than hanging with my kids and my wife. Um, three shows you are binge watching. Uh, my wife and I just finished Inventing Anna. And wow, I can't believe that's a true story. And the girl who plays Anna, who's also in Ozark, is off the charts amazing. What is your favorite food? By far, it's sushi and specifically sugarfish here in LA, where Chef Nozawa, uh, we're uh, OGs from his original um, and the fish and the rice and the seaweed and the wasabi are not to be matched anywhere. Tell us about your career. So, yeah, like I said, uh, acting went very smoothly for like 20 years. And then I found myself coming up kind of young to play uh, my own age, you know, the lawyer, the dad, the cop. Um, so at some point, uh, you know, a, a number of years ago, I started writing and directing and uh, wrote a feature film based on ideas and characters from my life called Sister. Uh, like I said, which we, we were lucky enough to get into Tribeca and people like Jane Rosenthal and Robert De Niro really championed it. Um, and more recently, I've been doing um, work for Group 9 Media, a company that lets me uh, tell stories uh, with brands attached that are organically integrated into the stories. Um, also have a feature film script that I finished the rewrite yesterday that I'm very excited about. What's your biggest fear in life? My children's safety. Um, I have uh, a daughter that's in college in New Orleans uh, at Tulane. I have a junior in high school, my son, who and they both drive. And uh, I got to tell you, when your kids start driving, it's like always on your mind. And it never leaves my mind when he is on his way to Magic Mountain and he's driving his friends until I get a text from him <laughs> that he got there safely. I, it's, it's, it's my biggest worry. Uh, my biggest pet peeve. Okay, one thing I really dislike for some strange reason is when someone calls you and you don't pick up 
and they call you right back immediately. I just don't get that. Did they think you didn't see the first call? Is it an emergency? Because it usually isn't. It's usually a friend that just needs uh, to talk to you. And it bugs the hell out of me. Um, what makes you the most happy? Honestly, I don't know. I, Despite sounding cliche, there are moments where my kids and I are on the beach or we're all skiing together, which we just got back from, all five of us. And I'm just so grateful for the moment of peace together, safety together. And I, it, it's never lost on me to, to be with my kids and my wife uh, somewhere that we love, whether it's the beach or skiing or, you know, doing something um, that makes us all happy together uh, is really is what makes me the most happy. What is your ideal Saturday morning? Well, that depends if it's football season or not, because my son Casey and I have our own fantasy football teams. We share a fantasy football team, um, and I'll go get bagels. I actually go to one place for bagels, a separate place for the lox and the tuna salad, um, and another place for coffee. And then we come back and we watch, you know, the direct TV uh, package and just scroll from game to game. Um, otherwise, I love to hike uh, by my house, this, this hike called Fryman Canyon. I love going to my kids' uh, uh, athletic games. My, my daughter, Chelsea, is a soccer player. My son, Casey, is a... Uh, captain of his varsity basketball team. And I, I mean, I really, I look forward to their games because they're at an age now where they're really exciting. Tan, are you more of the athlete or the armchair quarterback? Well, I played with my kids all different sports from tennis, football, soccer when they were younger. But now I think I'm more of an armchair quarterback because they've outgrown me and they have real coaches uh, so I'm in my, you know, my little foldable armchair watching them and trying to think, you know, how any notes I could give them while also being encouraging and telling them how much fun it was just to watch them. Uh, but I'm definitely now more of an armchair quarterback. But I do play tennis twice a week. What keeps you motivated? What keeps you motivated? You know what I think keeps me motivated, aside from my wife and my family, and I want them to be proud of me and always moving forward and trying new things and taking risks is also my friends and my community and surrounding myself with people that are doing interesting things and inspire me and bring out the best in me. Um, so I think the people you surround yourself in your life are can be a great motivating factor. Okay, so those were the 11 questions. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and I'll come back and answer some of your Q&As. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. I, uh, I have a question about my husband. Um, we've been together for four years now, and um, we have two kids, two young babies, uh, three months and six months, so you can imagine how tired we are. Um, oh, yeah. And I just feel like we're both, we're, we are like a great team together and everything, and everything is seems like it's going well, except for, you know, our intimate life, if you know what I mean. Um, We're both just very tired. And um, every time we do go to bed, he just rolls over, (laughs) which (laughs) I understand. Um, 
and you know, I've asked him about a date night and we don't really have the time. And I feel like he doesn't make the time, but I would really like to explore that. And I just, I need help finding the spark again with him. And I'm not really sure what to do. Well, first of all, give yourselves a break because you're in, you're in the weeds right now, as far as the ages of your kids. So that everything you're looking for, I promise you will come back. So the first thing I would say is give yourself a break and accept that there's going to be a lull. But as far as a date night or intimacy, you know, maybe you take the initiative and say, we're doing this. We're going to go, you know, like I got tickets to go see Eddie Vedder the other, you know, a few months, a month ago or two months ago, you know, because of COVID we hadn't gone, we hadn't seen music in years. And I just said, we're going to do this. Well, you know, the kids will be fine. We're going to go see Eddie Vedder at uh YouTube theater and uh, we're going to have dinner first. And, um, I think at least if, if one of you makes it a priority, um, the other person should, you know, be grateful, I think. Yeah. Um, but it takes an effort. And then, you know, maybe you could push him next time to, you know, come, come up with something for me. Doesn't have yeah. to be tomorrow. Doesn't have to be next week, but just surprise me with something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and, really like that. Yeah. And like I said, enjoy these times because the kids grow up so fast and it, it takes away from your, from your relationship and your intimacy, but there, there are really special times about what you're going through and just know that you guys will have each other in the coming years. It will all come back. I promise. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, um, I'm just worried about him saying he's too tired to go, but I guess in that case, I just say, nope, we're doing this for us. I insist. <laughs> yeah, if you make a gesture, he's got to go. Yeah. All right. Well, I will do that. <laughs> Thank All you All right. So Good much. luck, Emily. Thanks for calling. Thank you so much. Bye. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Um, so recently, a coworker of mine has been super flirty and giving me a lot of attention at work. And he even sometimes sends me flirty texts after work hours. And, you know, I've been married for 15 years and I have to admit that this new attention feels good. And I just wonder, am I in the wrong to flirt back as long as nothing happens physically? Ooh, I don't like this guy already. I'll tell you that right now. But, Why? Because he's flirting and he knows I'm married? Yeah. Yeah. It takes a certain kind of guy to do that. That's To me, that's a red flag about him. But I get it. I get it. I've been married for 20, some 22 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one thing that's been a pillar of our marriage uh, is the trust issue. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife 
goes on girls trips. I go, we, we, you know, we separate and we have separate lives because we know there's no, no cause for jealousy or any of that type of stuff. And when you start playing with that fire, you know, you could say nothing's happening, but if he found out, would it upset him? Maybe that's the yeah. question. I don't know. I think uh, it, it probably would. I think you're right. I mean, I wouldn't like it if somebody was doing that with him. Exactly. Exactly. I know it feels yeah. good and maybe. It's flattering. I mean, I have to admit it. Yeah. You know? All right. So now you, you know, you're still got it. You know, you're still attractive now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let your, let your husband enjoy that. Yeah. I think that's, that's good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for calling. I'll try. Thank you. Hi, Alex. Hi. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, so the thing is my husband and his sister are really close, but there's this thing that like keeps happening. So I'll suggest a show to him, like a show to watch or a restaurant to try. And he'll always be like, oh, that's not for me or I won't like it. And then his sister will like tell him about the show or like name the same restaurant that I already like told him about. And then he'll be like, oh, I've never heard of that. That sounds great. I'll try it right away. And it just kind of drives me crazy that like he'll value his like her opinion more than mine. And I just don't know if I'm overreacting or if I'm not, how do I approach this? Because like he'll get protective of his sister and I just don't know what to do. That's so funny because I, I, my wife and I have the same sort of conversations about my sister who, you know, is like my best friend and she's two years younger than me. And my wife will always say, why, how come when Lauren suggests this, you take it to heart and you overlook it when I, when I suggest it? Um, I think it's, you know, it's pretty normal. You know, the, the sibling bond is like something that's unique and his sister probably, you know, I, you know, knows his tastes and they have like a short form communication, but, uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't be jealous of a, of a sibling relationship because I know just how, how rare the, that is you know, to, to really have a strong relationship with a, with a sibling, it can only, it it only be a positive. Um, Well, I'm, I'm an only child, so I don't really know what that's like, but I just think when you're married, that's like when you choose your family. So shouldn't my opinion matter more now? If your opinion's being completely overlooked, yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I would just, I would sh- steer clear of being, uh, trying not to be jealous of your husband's relationship with his sister because it's no threat to you. Um, but if he's disregarding, you know, your opinions and your thoughts, that's a separate issue. Yeah, um, it's hard to tell whether I'm like just taking it personally. Or, or if it's like valid, I don't know, but you're, yeah, you're I, saying it's nothing to worry about. 
Yeah, I think there's comp- there are two separate issues. I I think you need to uh, allow him his relationship with his sister, which is no threat to you, and maybe you know he he they have similar tastes in TV or whatever whatever it is. But if he's if he's disregarding you know your thoughts and your opinions on things, that's a separate issue that I would not attach to any jealousy to his relationship with his sister because you're not going to look good and there's really no leg to stand on for that. You know, you know what I mean? Like let him have a close relationship with his sister and then deal with, you know, if he happens to be pushing you aside and your thoughts and your opinions aside, deal with that on its own. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll try. I'll try to separate the two things. You got it. Good luck with it. Thank you. Hi, Shelby. Hi. What's up? Uh, so my fiance and I are getting married in December and he won't set up and help with the planning. Um, my friends think that this is like a dream scenario, but I really need his help. And I'm super busy with traveling for work. And uh, we already lost our favorite photographer because he never sent our deposit which is really frustrating. So I guess, how do I get him to set up, like to step up and help? Oh boy. If you do start to delegate uh, decisions to him, I'm warning you now, it might not be the wedding that you, you're expecting. But I understand you need some help with the, your, your time is valuable. Do you have family members, moms, mother-in-laws, anyone well, else that could? Yeah, I'm, I do. And they've been helping too. But I mean, I would like the person I'm marrying to have a say and to be part of the, you know, the experience and, and give me some anything, I guess, you know, Yeah. Um, and not do things like, uh, lose the photographer because he didn't send the deposit like the one thing that he did <laughs> um, and just be a little bit more interested I guess and proactive in, in the journey yeah I mean honestly I, I've been married for over 20 years and that sounds like something I might have done <laughs> back when I was engaged and it has <laughs> nothing to do with my love for my wife or the commitment we're making or the profoundness of what, you know, of what our marriage means. It, I just didn't really care what the flowers look like or who was taking the pictures. The guest list I was very involved with, but like all the details, I, I, I would just like, whatever you want. And like I said, we're still married and my, uh, not disinterest, but um, <laughs> my 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 lack of concern for all the details of the actual party had nothing to do with my love for my wife, okay. the longevity longevity of our marriage. It was really as long as our family and friends are there with us. I don't care where we are. Like I'll, you know, we'll we'll, we'll say our vows in front of the people that mean the most to us. And uh, I'm sorry if I don't care about who's the photographer or who, what flowers or what meal is being served. I just, 
you know, I, I, I would leave that up to, to my wife, but if I'm just saying it, it, I wouldn't make more of it than that because I, I, I'm, you know, married for 20 years and I was pretty disinterested in the details of our wedding. Well, I guess that is inadvertently sweet if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's, to me, it's like the marriage, you're making a lifelong commitment and so much stress and decision making and time goes into these details of a three hour party. It, I don't know, it just, I get it, and I've been to a, a lot of wet, beautiful weddings, and our wedding was amazing. But, and I appreciated all the work that my wife did. But the important thing to me was the guest list, who was there to witness us making our vows, and then to party and celebrate with us, uh, and what the tables looked like. I just didn't care. And yeah, I've been a good You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I get it. So uh, the solution, um, I guess, would be to kind of just allow my my family and I to plan a little bit more. And, and I guess I could ask him as well what parts he does care about. Right. Uh, and uh, and kind of go from there, I guess, would be it would be a good way to approach it. Yeah. I mean, if you present him, OK, here's the table settings. Here's the menu. Here's a. Here's the band set list, and then he 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 perks up on what music's going to be played. Maybe he'll jump in and start, you know, jotting down songs for the band or the DJ. You know, like there's got to be something that perks his interest. But uh, I, I'm sure he's most focused on you know the step that you guys are taking together, and that you're surrounded by people that love you. And that's really to me that's that's what the the night is about. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, so it seems more like a, like a more of a, I don't know, like a negotiation, trying to feel out what he is interested in, in doing and not kind of making him do what I think needs to be done. Yeah, like I said, if he's a guy that you love and you want to commit your life to, don't fight over place settings. Or his yeah. disinterest in that. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, like think of the bigger picture and is this, you know, this is the man you want to marry, you know, throw things in his way and give, ask his opinion. And if he does, if he says it's up to you, don't, do not get in a fight over that before your wedding. Okay. Well, that's great advice. All right, cool. Good luck and, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Hi, Taylor. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I am very good having a nice hour with this podcast. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I would love your advice on something. Um, I just a little bit of background. I'm 33 years old and um, my boyfriend, he wants to buy this new set of golf clubs, which I did not realize how expensive golf clubs were. Um, this set <laughs> is costing. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. This set costs around $6,000 and um you know, you know, it's his money totally fine. Um, but we've been together for eight years now and I'm just dying for him to propose. And I just, it's been a long time. And I worry that if he spends, you know, that money on golf clubs, that means that a proposal and a ring are just even further away for me. Um, 
and it, you know, it's hard because I can't really tell him what to do, but at the same time, like it's been eight years um, and I don't want him to feel pressured, but I also don't know how much longer I can wait. Um, and my, my question is, how do I, how do I bring this up to him? How do I tell him that he should put that money towards the ring instead? Wow. That's a tricky situation. First of all, $6,000 golf clubs. Is he a very good golfer? He is really, really good. Okay. That's yeah. one of the things that really turns me on about him. I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how expensive the sport was. Um, and normally I wouldn't care, but I would love to have that ring on my finger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first thing is if golf is an outlet for him and makes him happy, he's going to be a better uh, partner for you. So you do get something out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I remember my wife, uh, met, I met her in New York and I lived in LA. We were long distance for a year. She moved to LA after a year. And then I think after two years of living here, she asked me when we were getting, get engaged. And I said, well, not anytime soon. <laughs> and she burst into tears. And I remember when she kind of let go of that issue within six months, I became ready and proposed, but I didn't want her. I didn't want her to make me, uh, buy a ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I worry about. Cause I, I don't want to be, you know, that, that girl that's like, you know, breathing down his neck of, you know, when are you going to propose? I want to get married. Like he knows I want to get married. We talk about it. Obviously we've been together for, you know, eight years now. It's, um, but it, you know, it's been a long time and I, I don't know when it's going to happen. And, you know, I just, I worry that if he's putting his money towards that, that it's just going to be, like, maybe it's just not even top of mind for him. It might be, you might be miss misinterpreting it, but I, I wouldn't, I would separate the golf clubs from the issue of eight year relationship and where it's going. Don't, don't, don't say it's the golf clubs or me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause that, yeah, that, that's going to convolute everything. But yeah, after eight years together, you have every right to tell him what, you know, what you want out of life. And I, I, I don't know if you want to have kids or not, or, um, start a family, but yeah, yeah, it, it, those are things that should be talked about at this point after eight years. And you have every mm-hmm. right to bring it up and just ask him what he wants, what he wants out of life, what he wants out of this relationship. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's getting to the point where you should start making decisions. And yeah, I'll tell you, men put off decisions like this for as long as they can. <laughs> um, and they like, they like when it's their decision. Mm-hmm. So if there's any way you can softly talk to him about what you want and what you're ready for and, you know, say, it, let's, I hope it aligns with what you want and what you're ready for. And yeah. may, maybe even make him think that you're not going to wait much longer. Okay. But but I wouldn't give ultimatums. I wouldn't I wouldn't tie it to his golf clubs and say, if you buy these golf clubs, 
it means you're not committed to me. I would I wouldn't do any of that. Okay, so kind of I, keep those topics separate. Yes. Okay. And I would just have an honest conversation with him. I mean, he's you know he's your friend too. Like, just talk to him about what you're feeling and say I I I don't want to force you into anything. I want this to be your decision as much as mine. Mm-hmm. Just let me know honestly what you're thinking because it's been eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try. I, I'm, I'm really anxious about it. Cause you know, like you said, it is, it has been a long time and I get fearful of what that, how that conversation is going to go, but I know I have to have it. Yeah. If you're honest and you're gentle with it, you know, not like accusatory with ultimatums, mm-hmm. it, it, it can't go wrong. Okay. Well, thank you so much, David. I appreciate it. All right, Taylor. Good luck. Thanks. All right. I want to uh, thank everybody who called in. Uh, there were some really thoughtful uh, questions and discussions. Um, and uh, we're going to go to a quick break and then I'll come back and answer some of the uh, written questions. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. 
Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's get into some of these written questions. Wow. Uh, really interesting stuff here. When talking about love, there is the saying, when you know, you know. Do you believe this? What if there is no specific moment you feel this? That's a really great question. You know, people talk about love at first sight and I, when, when I you know, I, when I first met him, I knew, or when I first met her, I just knew that was the woman I was going to marry. I don't, I don't believe in that. And I think that's a lot of pressure to put on young couples that they're supposed to be blown away by the person the first time they see them. That's not the start of anything lasting or real to me. Um, I, Look, there has to be um, an attraction. There has to be uh, things in common, conversation. I mean, I remember speaking to my wife on the phone for hours. That, to me, you know, said everything. Um, But my love for her has grown and grown and grown into, you know, a I mean, I'm not only still attracted to her, she's the coolest girl I know still to this day, but she's the mother of my kids and she still parties the right amount, loves live music and traveling. And like, we have grown into a much more meaningful love than anything somebody in like a a fairy tale could say was the first time I saw her, this is what it was. So. I, I do not believe in that. I believe that you have starting points that are important. Like I said, a physical attraction, things in common. If you can speak long conversations together and laugh together, there's your building blocks. And then that can grow into something uh, that this this uh, person with the question is talking about. Uh, when you know, you know. No, I think it grows and grows. So recognize those building blocks, those things in common, the attraction, um, and uh, and don't hold yourself to some, you know, princess movie where you're supposed to be like, you know, shot with a Cupid arrow the second you see someone. That doesn't exist in my mind. What advice do you give your daughter about guys? Oh, boy. Do you warn her about anything in today's dating world? You learned for yourself when you were younger. Um, My oldest daughter, Hannah, is she's now a freshman in college. But she her first boyfriend uh, was, I guess, the end of her junior year in high school. 
And the boy was kind, respectful, very smart, hardworking. Um, I, I respect my daughter's judgment. And if there comes a time where it strays or I don't, I, I no longer trust it, I will have to think about this question more carefully. But I feel like, you know, when you raise a child, you raise them to know a good person when they see a good person, to have good judgment when it comes to relationships and friendships. And if they're going astray, um, I would have to, you know, jump in and give my opinion. But uh, I really trust the woman that she is. And uh, if she likes a guy, I'm most likely going to like him as well to this point. This may change at a later date. Uh, when men are quieter than usual, is this a sign something is wrong and they are just not telling us? Mm. Quiet, mm, quiet can mean many different things. Um, I tend to get quiet in, in a passive-aggressive way to show my wife that I'm upset. And it's terrible. It's a terrible sort of gaslighting of someone. It's so much healthier to just get your issues out there, deal with them, and move on. Um, but there are also guys that are just shy. So I don't know if you're in a, if this is a longer term relationship and a guy who's usually outgoing and friendly suddenly becomes quieter than usual, it probably is something he's not telling you. Um, if it's someone you just started dating and he's just kind of quiet and shy, I wouldn't read into it as much. David, what was the hardest part of shooting into stardom at a young age? How did this affect your dating life? So I think being an actor in my teens kind of sped up my dating life, if that makes sense. Because I met my wife when I was 23, and I had been living in LA since I graduated high school, since 17. And I was, by at, at age 23, I was so ready to meet, like, the right kind of girl for me. You know, not, I was over flings and whatever comes with being on a hit show at the time, I was over all of it after five or six years living in LA on my own. So I met my wife at 23, not because I was looking for marriage or any of that stuff. And, and I, and I feel grateful that I met my wife uh, at a time where I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't like desperate for it. I met her and just didn't want to be without her. And I was ready for something real. And I feel like, you know, uh, having success as an actor at an early age got me to that point at an early age, which 
you know, has led to, you know, my beautiful family. And I'm, I'm still somewhat of a young dad with kids that, uh, that are like my, my buddies now. Um, so I think whatever it's called shooting into stardom, whatever at a young age kind of sped everything up for me. And at 23, I was ready to really find something, something meaningful. Um, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. I got like all that stuff out of my system, you know, between 17 and 23. Um, and I've had a really beautiful relationship with my wife ever since. All right, you, you beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for, for having me as your guest host on how men think, um, the questions were incredibly thoughtful, uh, and the conversations were really interesting to me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at, at David Lasher. Um, you could follow uh, our family uh, at the Lasher family on TikTok, uh, which is a family account. But my youngest daughter, Chelsea, is the creative mastermind behind uh, our TikTok account at the Lasher family. Um, I have a... Uh, a comedy series on a new streaming service called the Ficto app. It's called Cruisers and Shakers. And I have a, a film uh, that has recently been launched on Apple TV called Sister, starring Grace Kaufman, who's also in Apple TV's new movie, The Sky is Everywhere. She's amazing. So check that out and check Sister out on Apple TV. And uh, thank you again for having me. This is How Men Think an iHeartRadio London audio production. Listen each Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.